probably good at anything else. But he was at this bluegrass concert, and um, at the end of the concert, there's these two ushers at the end of the aisle, and they were just applauding and clapping and just going on and getting everybody built up, and they was telling them, uh, they're trying to just get the crowd going, just getting all excited. So the more excited the ushers got, the more excited everybody else got. And the guy said, you know, this was a great concert. The musicians done great. And he said, uh, and it was very encouraging to see these ushers encouraging others to clap until they let the air out of his balloon. And they said, if we keep it up and get them to clap a little bit longer, then uh, they'll have another encore and we'll get paid overtime. So they wasn't in it. They wasn't applauding for uh, for the good music that was going on. They was applauding because they were, they were wanting to pad their pockets a little bit more. They was wanting to get a little bit more money uh, out of this concert by going into overtime or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, an encore. But the, people do things for the wrong reasons. And that's what we're going to look at today, doing things for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. We're doing things because God has called us to do it, doing things because the Lord has laid it on our heart to go and do something for someone else. And we're going to look at giving. And giving's a big part of being a Christian. Giving's a big part of believing in Jesus. Uh, giving is what we are called to do. Now, when I talk about giving, we're going to talk about giving all morning. I'm not talking about just money. There's a lot of services that we can all provide. God has given all of us a talent. And we can provide and we can give back to our community. We can give back to those that are in need with what skills and what talents God has given us. And so when we talk about giving back, you don't have, don't, I don't want you guys to hold your wallet a little bit tighter. I'm not talking about just the money, okay? Now, again, the overall theme of the Sermon on the Mount is to be this distinctive. Distinctiveness, that's the theme. That's what Jesus says. We are to be distinct individuals. And we are, as a church, we are a distinct church. But then you break it down, and each one of us are distinct individuals. And we all, again, have a skill. We all have a talent. We all have something that he has given us, and he wants us to use that distinct talent and give back to our community, give back to those that are in need, give back to those that are hurting, give back to those that are struggling, give back to those that are going to hell. We can give back to them and be that person, as Keith was talking about uh, in Sunday school this morning, there are people that we know that we don't want to talk to. We don't. We just, there's something, they're, they're, not that we're not sinners, we're all sinners, but they have dove into this sin and they don't want to get out of the sin, and so we don't want to associate with them. But Jesus is telling us we've got to be distinct, and so maybe being distinct, they will see the light of Jesus on us and they want to get out of that sin, and they want to get out of that, that lifestyle that they're living in. Keith said something, and I disagreed with him, but I didn't say nothing. Keith said he didn't think it was you that caused that person to become sober. There's a really good chance it was you. You just won't know at this side of heaven. Sorry, I don't disagree with anything you say, but I disagree with that one. We all, we, we can be that lot. We can be that distinctive lot because we have the Holy Spirit, and we can be that person. If you've got your Bibles open to Matthew 6, stand with me just a moment. We're going to read verse uh, 1 through 7. The Bible says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou dost thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, 
as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But then thou dost alms, let not thy left hand know what the right hand doth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, and for, uh, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Let's pray. Father, this morning as uh, we, God, we come to you humbly. We come to you, a lot of us coming to you broken hearted this morning. A lot of us come to you with burdens on our heart, and we come to you with sin in our heart, and we need forgiveness this morning, God. We need help this morning, God. Only you can help us this morning as we try to preach your word, as we try to read this scripture. Only you can help us do that. Father, I pray that you would uh, open up our hearts this morning. Forgive each one of us where we have failed you. Forgive me where I have failed you. God, I pray that you would clean us up, help get that sin out of our lives. Lord, just open up our hearts to where we can be filled with nothing but your love and your goodness and your grace and your mercy, and Lord, in your favor. And I pray, Lord God, this morning as uh, we try to preach this message, Lord, that you would uh, open up our eyes, remove that wool from in front of us where we can see uh, that we all have a skill, we all have a talent, we all have something that you've gave us that we can use to give back to this community. And as we do it, we do it in your son Jesus Christ's name. And Lord, we give him the praise and the honor and the glory for whatever we do to help someone out that may be in need. We pray, Lord, for those that are, have lost loved ones, as we mentioned Wednesday night in prayer service, that uh, with Maria's cousin, she was not doing too good uh, Wednesday night, and Lord, you called her home Thursday morning. Lord, uh, what a blessing she was, and I pray that, uh, that you'd be with that family tomorrow as they uh, have that funeral, be with the McGuire's and, and the coffees and all there, that uh, you just give them a great peace, uh, knowing that she's healed. She is so much better off now than she could ever imagine. And Lord, we just thank you again for that woman and, and her life. And Lord, be with those again that are sick that we know of, those that are struggling that we know of, those that weren't able to be here this morning for whatever reason. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, protect them, and Lord, just bless them today. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. All right, first thing we're going to look at this morning is we've got to be careful when and where we do our good works. I'm going to talk about good works a little bit this morning. And I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way because I am a firm believer in good works, but works after salvation, not works to get you saved because there's no such thing as that. We do good works after salvation. We want to do. That's one of the things that, that one of the great parts about being saved is, it, is you have this, this unction inside of you because the Holy Spirit's pushing you. It makes you want to do good things for other people. But you've got to want to do good things for other people not in your own name, and not to, not to brag about what you do when you do it to other people. God doesn't want that. We're not supposed to brag about what we're doing, and, we're, and we'll get a little bit deeper in it here shortly, but we're to do it almost in secret. We can help others out in secret. 
Verse 1 again, it says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Now we see the acts of service here, the good works, is what, what he's talking about right here. And whether giving money or service, it's not optional. It's not optional. God didn't say, if you want to give to this person, if you want to give to this church, if you want to, if you're feeling good this day and you'd like to do this, go ahead. He says it's mandatory. He says it's mandatory. It says, take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Don't do it in your own name. Do it in God's name, whatever we do. Jesus tells us four times in that verse to do your acts of righteousness. To do your acts of righteousness. Again, it's not if you want to. He's telling us that we have to. You've got to do those acts of righteousness. We all, like, we all want to be liked, don't we? Ain't that the worst thing in the world if you think somebody don't like you? Oh, ain't nothing worse to think somebody don't like you. I don't, I don't understand why that person don't like me. What did I say to them that makes them so mad at me? We all want to be liked. That's just the kind of people we are. We want to we wanna be liked and we want to try, try our best, like he said, to try to like everybody else. Like I've said before, we, sometimes we don't like them, but we're always supposed to love them. That's what God called us to do is always love them. But it's from the time that we're born, we want attention. Everybody wants attention. Ethan wants attention, don't you? You want attention. You want everybody to look at you all the time, don't you? Yep, he does. See, everybody's looking right now at him. When they finally get to where they can move around and, 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 the, and people get to visit, and then they want to be the center of attention, always. That's what babies do. And they get a little older, and what do they say? Hey, Daddy, watch this. Hey, Mommy, watch this. As they jump off the top bunk or whatever it might be. But they want attention. That's what kids want is attention. And they don't stop it, kids. You get teenagers. Teenagers want to be seen, don't they? They want to dress a certain way. They want to talk a certain way. They want to paint their face before they go to school. And because they want to be recognized, they want to be seen, and they want to be accepted by their peers. That's what they want. But it don't even stop at the teenagers. We become adults. What do we want? We want approval of our neighbors and our friends. What are my neighbors going to say if I don't cut my grass here pretty soon? What are my neighbors going to say when I change the, the siding on our house? Or what are the neighbors going to say if we change the color of the roof? We always want somebody else's approval. We want to be accepted in whatever community that we're, li that we're in. We don't have to be living in, whether it be a community at the school or at the church or at home, wherever it's at. We want to be accepted. That's the flesh. The flesh wants to be accepted because we don't like people not liking us. It hurts, don't it? When somebody says, I just, I just can't like you. There's something about you. I just, can't, I just can't like it. And you try to fix it, but a lot of times we can't fix it. We care what people think of each one of us. That's not always a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing. We can make it a bad thing. We want to try, we want to be likable people. And so to be a likable person, sometimes we, we let people run over us. And that's a, that's a mistake. Don't, don't let people run over you. That's one of the worst things I ever did growing up. I was a pretty timid feller. And I would let people run over me. 
I didn't mind being ran over because I wanted to be liked by everybody. I wanted to be everybody's friend. And so I wouldn't say much or I wouldn't do much or I wouldn't defend myself. I'd just get ran over. Well, the older I get, the more I don't like that. I don't like to be ran over. And so my, and my, my filter's really, really thin right now. Really thin right now. <laughs> and I've got to be careful now. I don't mind people not liking me right now because I'm not here to please man. I'm here for God. I'm not saying here, I don't mean the church. I'm just saying in general. I, I'm, I'm not on this earth to please mankind. When I was saved, my goal from salvation on is to make sure that everything I do in this lifetime pleases God. If man gets pleased along the way, so be it. But I am here only to please God. I want to make sure that everything I do in this lifetime makes God happy. I don't like it when God's not happy with me. Do I disappoint him? Probably every single day I disappoint God in some way. But he still loves me. So my goal is to keep doing whatever pleases God. And the Bible says we ought to be sensitive to our witness to others. Got to be easy. Got to be careful with our witness to others. The problem with people pleasers these days is they become overly concerned with what other people think. I, I'm telling you, most of us are people pleasers. That's what we want. We want people to like you. But the higher up you are in, in a in a position, whether it be in government or wherever you're at, the higher up you get, the least amount of people like you. Ain't that right, Cindy? <laughs> the higher, you are a you are the poster child for higher up. Now, really, I mean, it, it really does. It hurts. The higher up you get, the less people like you. You can't make everybody happy. You can try awful hard, but not everybody's going to be happy with what the decisions you make. Or the things that you say or the things that you do. We, but we've we got to try. There are too many people in the world right now trying to keep up with the Joneses. That'll get you in trouble. That'll get you broke if you try to keep up with the Joneses. There are so many people in this world, so-and-so got this, i got to have that. Such-and-such got this, i got to have that. You can't afford it. You don't need to be taking out more, more loans than you can pay off. We try to make people happy we try to please people we try to keep up with the joneses and it doesn't do anything but get us in trouble and it takes away any glory that god should be deserving at that point in time it takes it away from him because we're so focused on ourselves and our pleasures and making sure that everybody else likes us that we've done taking god completely out of the equation he don't even exist anymore in our life because we're so overwhelmed and so uh, drawn into pleasing people so we've got to be careful with that. Be careful when, when and where you do your acts of righteousness. Be careful where you do your good deeds, your good works. Be careful when you do that and how you do that. And make sure that you're doing that in Jesus' name no matter what you're doing. If you're only willing to do them when people are looking and you get noticed and you're really, you really need to think what motivates you to do good deeds, don't be seen. Some of the greatest deeds ever done to mankind I've been behind closed doors and in secret. Nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows where that money came from. Nobody knows how that bill got paid. Nobody knows where that car came from. And nobody needs to know. That's between that person and God. That's the way we are to give. Quiet givers. Secondly, the wrong motive for doing good. Now we got to look. This is, this is a big deal right here. The wrong motive. Look at verse 2 again. It says, Therefore, when, 
when thou dost thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Jesus calls those who do good things with selfish uh, intentions, they're hypocrites. They're wearing a mask. They're fake people. Don't be a hypocrite. I got a definition. Let me read you the definition. I want to get it right. An actor who wears a mask. That's the definition of a, of a hypocrite. An actor that wears a mask. We can't be hypocrites. Hypocrite someone who pretends to be something that they're not. That's just, that's just, that's just, a, that's just a hypocrite. Pretending to be something that you're not. God tells us not to be that person. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So I want you to look at the Pharisees for a second. We, we don't talk about them enough. We probably should because they're, they're not really good role models. They're the kind of people that we don't want to be like. But you got the Pharisees. And they craved praise from people. They didn't, they didn't crave uh, good works. They didn't want to do the good works to help glorify God. They wanted men to see what they were doing. And they, a lot of pomp circumstance going on with these guys. And they, they wanted people to hear them and see them. And, and so they wore certain clothes that would make them pop. And, and they were loud people. And they would pray loudly, as we read that a while ago. They would pray really loud. And they just wanted a big show. And they wanted a big show, not just in general, but they wanted a big show in the temple. This is God's house. This is God's house. I'm a firm believer in respecting this pulpit. I'm a firm believer in this pulpit. When you stand behind this pulpit, you're to be dressed appropriately. When you're preaching, you are to be dressed appropriately. I don't believe you are standing behind this pulpit in a Hawaiian shirt and a pair of khaki shorts and flip-flops. That's disrespectful. But they would take, these Pharisees would take it a step further, and they'd come in all glowing, and I wouldn't be surprised they didn't have little bells all over them, and, and so people would see them and see, as they walked in, just see them in general, just see these prominent men coming in and, and taking, trying to take the glory from God. That's what Pharisees would do because they craved praise from people. That's just wrong. That is not what we're to be doing. These Jews, they didn't pass, I like this right here, they didn't pass the offering plate. Jews didn't pass it like we we used to do. (laughs) We're we're, uh, we're converting over to Judaism. They put the plates at the back door (laughs) just like we do now. And so as you come in the door of the temple, you put your money in the plate and come on in. That's that's great. That's great. They would put it in, and they didn't, the, these people didn't announce, hey, I just dropped 100 in there. I just tithed my stimulus check, the whole thing. They didn't say that. They put their money in and moved on. They didn't do these little anonymous envelopes. They didn't fold their check into these little tiny wads of paper and put it in there so nobody knew how much that person gave. They gave what they could give. And they put it in that treasury box, and they let it go. They gave, and they let it go. What Jesus is teaching us right here is that if you have to announce and be recognized when you do something or give something, you're no better than a hypocrite. 
you're no better than that person. You go out here and you help your neighbor, you mow their yard, you cut down their trees, or you do whatever, they need help, and you go and do it, and then you announce it to the whole world, hey, guess what I just did for so-and-so who's having a hard time? That's, you're no better than the hypocrite. He says you go, and you do it, and you do it in Jesus' name, and just let it go. Don't, you, don't have, you don't need to announce it to anybody. He says you call yourself a child of God, but you're, you're not acting like one when you go out and announce it. You're attempting to rob God of his glory. Anytime that you go and you do whatever it is, you go and do some service, whether it's giving money or giving time or whatever, and you go out and announce it, this is what I've done. You're robbing God of his glory, and that's a no-no. You're trying to, to share the glory with God. That's a no-no. You don't share that with him. He has given you a talent or finances or whatever it might be so that you can go help somebody else. So you give him the glory because you're his hands and feet. You're that vessel, and you're able to go out and help somebody. Give him the glory, always. Give him the glory. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And <laughs> listen to this. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. So those good works that you're doing, people will see it. They might not know who it is, but they're going to see what you've just done, and then they're going to glorify your Father. Somebody has blessed that family. That's, that's what you're going to hear. I don't know who mowed their yard, but that family's blessed. I don't know who, who fixed their driveway, but that family's blessed. That's what you hear. That, and that's that part where it says, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. They're glorifying God. They're giving God the praise. Somebody blessed that family because their neighbor had a tractor and they could scrape the driveway for them because they, they, they couldn't do it. They're blessed. They have blessed neighbors. That's what God's telling us. And third thing, we're going to look at the right motive for doing good. Verse 3 and 4 again says, But when thou dost alms, let not thy left hand know what the right hand hath doth, had right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Jesus says that if we're subjects to the king of kings, which we are as Christians, and want to live according to his expectations, that we will be givers. We might not be able to give a lot, but he's saying he's expecting us to give whatever you can give. It doesn't matter. He says just give. If you can give 30 minutes of your time to help somebody out, he says give it. Be givers. Be givers. There's a, a group, and I don't know if it's still active or not, but there was a, a group, is a closed Facebook group called Quiet Givers. I love that little group. Actually, it was a big group last I seen. But people would just post a need on there, and then people would go do that need and not talk about it. It's just done. That's what God is asking us to be is quiet givers. Go and do, but do it quietly. And not let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Or don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. We've got to be quiet when we do this. He doesn't say, if you give. If you'll read that, it's, he doesn't say if you give because that would make it optional. He says when 
you give. That means it's not optional. You will give. You will go and do. You'll want to. I'm not saying, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you you're going to go do it. When you leave here, I want y'all to go do all this stuff. I'm not demanding that. Jesus is is telling y'all, he has commanded each one of us that when we do this, when we give, when we go, and when we do, and then you'll be blessed. He'll bless you as long as you don't talk about it, as long as you don't blow it up and make it all about you. God will, in return, bless you. You'll get that back somehow. It might not be financially, and it might not be the next day, but you will get that back somehow. My dad's always talked about, and, and he's, he's and I, my dad's a quiet person when it comes to these things, and it's just usually between me and him, but you know, if there's a need out there, if it, somebody was going hungry, and he had just enough meat left over somewhere that was his, he would give it and not say a word. He, would, he might mention it to me because I might have something to do with it. He didn't have to do that, and he knows he don't have to do that. But he'll flat out tell me, I'm not going to miss a blessing because of stubbornness. He knows that he'll be blessed eventually for that. So remember that. Don't be stubborn. You're going to miss a a blessing from that. Now that phrase right here, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that's a a reference to being discreet. There's a lot of references to left hand, right hand in the Bible. There's, There's about a half a dozen I was reading last night about the right hand and the significance in the right hand. The right hand's a big deal. Right hand, we all know that's where Jesus is sitting right now, the right hand of God. But that's this reference right here. And uh, uh, it's talking about being discreet because of the left hand, not knowing what the right hand's doing. And I want to explain that I had to write this down because this was, this is pretty interesting stuff. And I wanted to to explain it to you because it don't make sense. It don't, when you say don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing, it don't make sense because they're of the same mind. Your mind. So my mind knows what this hand is doing and what this hand is doing. So it doesn't make sense for Jesus to say it that way. And you've got to dig a little deeper. So this is, this is what I found. One of my commentaries is telling me a lot about that. So we should perform our charitable giving with such confidentiality that, if possible, our right hand won't even know what the left hand is given. In other words, we should maintain an extremely low profile when giving gifts and performing acts of mercy. Low profile. When we go out and we go and, and whatever it is that we do, keep a low profile. Don't don't announce it. You don't need the pomp and circumstance. You don't need to be like the Pharisees. You don't need to come in ringing your bells. If you feel like you need a bell, Abby's got a really nice cowbell she uses at the softball game. She might let you borrow. But I don't support that. I support that. I don't mind you ringing it at the ball games. <laughs> you don't need to be coming in tooting her horns because we're doing good for somebody. That's not what he wants from us. Be discreet. Low key. Don't say a word. Slip in, get it done, and go home. That's all he wants us to do. Stay stay discreet. Jesus isn't telling us that it's wrong to give by, by envelope. He's not saying it's wrong to, to write a check and put it in the church, in the treasury. Somebody's going to find out eventually where it came from, especially if it's a check. He's not saying that we shouldn't give that way. But what he's saying is to give and forget. To give whatever it is, your talent, your time, whatever it is, to give it and then go on about your business like it never even happened. When you do that, 
that's where your blessings will start coming in. That's when you're going to start seeing those blessings. Give it and forget it. Don't dwell, don't gloat over how much you've given or how much you've done. Don't brag about what you've done. Give it and forget it. Move on. James 4.17 tells us that, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. If you know there's a need out there, that you can help somebody, you have the time, you might have just a few spare minutes, you might have just a few extra dollars, you might have the equipment to do it. If you know there's somebody in your community that has a need, and you don't go and help them because of your stubbornness or whatever it is, he's telling us right here, to him it is a sin. You've turned your back on your neighbor. We are to love our neighbors. We are to help our neighbors. That's what Jesus has commanded us to do. He said, go and do. So if you know there is a need out there and you turn your back and say, so-and-so do it. They got more time than I do. Such and such down the road, they got more money than I got. Just let them deal with it. That's a sin. He said, if you know it in your heart, just go help them. Just go help them. Fourth thing, and we talked about a while ago, do it quietly. Hush. Just shh. Give and be quiet. Don't need to tell anybody. Don't need to tell a soul. That's between you and God. Whatever you do is between you and God. Verse 4 again, it says, That thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Some people, they'll tone this down a little bit, but there's a, a, a leg- legitimate reward right here, and it's a, it's a motive in the Christian life. There's, a, there's these commercials. We've all seen them. And you have these athletes, and they're in stadiums, empty stadiums, not a soul there, and they are working their tails off. They're running up and down them steps, and they're, they're, they're disciplined, and they're doing all this stuff to a crowd of none. They're getting things ready so that on game day, all that preparation is going gonna to pay off. We're going to see all that sweating and that grinding, and that, that discipline is going to pay off in the long run when they win that game. So God's asking us to do the same thing. He says, you've got to discipline your life. You've got to have discipline in your Christian life. You've got to work hard. Because there's only one watching. You work hard because God's watching us. He sees everything that we're doing. So all that we're doing is we're disciplining ourselves as being watched by God. Nobody else. Man's not watching you. Youngins ain't watching you. Your parents ain't watching you. Church ain't watching you. It's just you and God. We are to discipline ourselves because we know that God's watching. And so when it is time, we'll call it game day. When it is time for us to go and do for somebody, we're prepared to do it and to do it quietly. And all that time that we've spent preparing, praying, studying, whatever we're doing, all that time that we've put into it, when it's crunch time, when it's time to go, when it is go time, it's going to pay off. And we're going to be able to do it. We're going to do it quietly. Nobody's going to know what took place. Just you and God. God promises us that while we're saved by grace and not of works, we're going to be rewarded for our works. And we're going to end on this one because I believe this is a big deal. I believe, I believe wholeheartedly in work after salvation because 
we're gaining rewards for our works. That's, I, I hate to say payment, but that's kind of what it is, is. We do our good deeds. As Christians, as we go out and we help our family, we help our community, we go and we do in Jesus' name. We're building up our rewards in heaven. And folks, when we get to heaven, we get to, we get there, and I've always thought about this. I'm going to get to heaven, I'll probably end up crawling in. And I'm going to get down on my knees. I don't know that I'll ever look up. But I'll get down on my knees, and all my rewards are going to be there, and I just get to push them up and just heave them up around Jesus' feet. They're his. They ain't mine. I, I, can't, I can't do nothing with that. I, I, I don't deserve any of the rewards that I have been given for anything that I have done here on earth. I don't deserve squat. I don't deserve salvation. But he loves me. And he heard me cry. He heard me cry out to him and say, I need a Savior. And he said, here I am. Here I am. And so I'm going to get to heaven. I don't know. I might not have much. But it's going to be all his. I ain't going to take a thing in there with me. Because I don't deserve that. We're going to be a lot like him, him, them tw- uh, 24 elders when we get to heaven. Revelation 4.10 tells us, The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. That's, uh, folks, that's us. We're just like them. When we get to heaven, that's what we are going to do. And it's not. It's going to be. It's going to be spontaneous. I mean, it's just going to happen. We're going to get to heaven, and we're just going to push them all up there. Here you go, Jesus. I don't deserve these. And then we just start praising him and thanking him, and praising him and thanking him, praising him and thanking him for eternity. I don't deserve a thing. And the more that we do here on earth for those that are in need, those that need help. The more we go and do in his name, the more of those rewards that we're going to have and the more that we're going to be able to push at his feet and say, here you go, here you go. It's about him. It ain't about us. That's what it's all about. Praising him, honoring him. Everything we do honors him. Laying our rewards at his feet, that's honoring him. Giving him back what we don't deserve, but we got it. He deserves the glory and the praise for everything. James 2.18 says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. By my works. James keeps going in verse 26 there, and he says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith without works. That's When we pray... We pray out of faith, don't we? We have faith in Jesus that he's going to perform a miracle, that he's going to save us, that he's going to rescue us, that he is going to provide for us. We pray in faith knowing that he is going to move this mountain, and he will move this mountain. I don't, I mean, Abby's listening. I don't know who sung that on the way up here. He's talking about mountain movers. That, that, that's what he does. God moves mountains, and it don't have to be a physical mountain. It can be, we can use it the same as we talk about storms in our lives. God will move that mountain. We've got to have that faith that he is going to move that object out of our way. 
But we have to have that faith when we do these works for him, these good deeds. We have to have faith knowing that he is going to use us to do exactly what needs to be done for that neighbor, whoever needs help. Without him and us, none of us would be, we wouldn't be good. Without him, we, we wouldn't, not a one of us be good, be able to do any good either. But it's because we have him in us that we can do good and do good works for others and be a help to others. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, Let all your things be done with charity. I'm going to end on that. Let everything you do be done out of love. That's what charity is, is love. So whatever you do in this life for folks that you're helping out, things that you're doing to, to help out whoever's struggling, you do it out of love. Love for them and love for Jesus. It has to be done out of love. You cannot do it because I'm being made to do it. There's no love in that. There's no when you're when you Nate when you're made to do something, you don't love it, do you? Usually, when somebody says you gotta go do this, you don't you don't want to do it. You don't like doing it. I don't like being told to go do something because when I'm told to go do something, I ain't gonna love it. I don't know that I'm gonna like it that much. But the Bible tells us, Paul's telling us right here, let all your things be done with charity. Let everything that you do in this life be done in love, with love, with love for your neighbor, with love for your brother, with love for your sister, with love for God. Let everything that we do in this life be done with love and in love. That's the big part. Do it in love. You'll find when you help that person, they've got a story. One of the first things that my boss taught me when I when I started working at Wilcox, because the way they hired me, I'm supposed to, I'm kind of a salesperson. I don't do sales, but I'm supposed to go out and help these churches and these nonprofits do mission trips. That's my that's that's my job, and I think Lord, I'm blessed. I mean, I, they don't get no better than that. When you got a heart for missions, and then your job is to go help people do missions. That's pretty good. I like that. My boss, the first thing he told me, and this came from his grandpa who started the business, he said, when you go and you meet these pastors, he said, first words out of your mouth is, so what's your story? Every one of us has a story. Every one of us. So when you go and you help that person, you might not like them that much, but they have a story. And so maybe by the time you get done with your good deed for the day, you'll find out what that story is. And you might like that person a lot more when you leave. You might love that person a lot more than you did before you started. We've all got stories. We all need to be telling our story. We all need to be giving our testimony, telling our testimony. But whatever you do, and I'll end on this, whatever you do, do it out of love. Do it out of love. Stand with me. We'll close out this morning. Colin, you're going to have to sing more songs. I feel like I'm flying through this. <laughs> I hope when you leave here today that you, on your drive home, that it's a quiet drive. And you start thinking about people. I want you to think about people. I want you to think about people that may need a hand. Might need a little help. 
And sometime this week or next week, Lord, lay it on your heart to go help them. And you just leave it between you and God. Don't come back to church and say, Preacher, you know, what you said the other Sunday, it really laid on my heart, so I went and built a house for somebody. I don't need to know it. Preacher, that my neighbor's driveway was tore all to pieces. So I, I went up there and took my tractor and took a couple tons of gravel up there, and I fixed it for him. I don't need to know that. It's between you and God. Between you and God. But I want you to ponder on that this week. Who can you help? Who can you be a help to? And then go help them. And give God the glory for it. Jerry, will you dismiss us, please? I'll see you guys in the morning and anybody that's going with us bowling just hang out